nerd. 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 I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? Nerd! Holy crap, are we nerdy? Show and I was like, I did a whole, I did a whole show talking in this voice like this. It was good times. Okay, it's recording. Whenever you guys are ready. Hey, welcome to Nerdables episode two nineteen. Wow. Started with episode numbers again. I was just going to do it this time because Ethan wrote it down on this one. Oh. Uh, Has it been nineteen weeks since two hundred? Yeah. Like 200 feels a lot longer ago. Well, think about that. We also, we skipped a couple weeks, too. Yeah, we didn't skip as much as we used to. No, no. We, got, I think 50, we got to 50 in something like 100 weeks. Yeah. But we, we haven't skipped more than one a week, week yeah. uh, for we a while. We skipped a week, hit a week, skipped a week, and yeah. hit a week. Yeah. yeah. It was like a month where we only had two out of the four. But. Yeah. yeah. Well, this week we were talking Disney moving forward with the live-action Star Wars TV show. Toys R Us... No, never going to happen. Wait. Maybe closing forever. DC's new Black Label comics, Wonder Woman gets her new villain, Black, Pan- Black Panther is a billionaire, and joining me are Chris, Ethan, and Mikey may be joining us through the Nerdable Satellite 1 from England, if he's still awake, so we're waiting to hear if he's going to j- jump in during the uh, show. It's a sad thing to think that Mikey has nothing to do in England but call in for the show. Like, <laughs> That's find what something I was else to do, bro. I was like, he's on vacation, and he's I've like halfway man, across I've, the world. I've done that dude for 20 years, bro. Find <laughs> Wait, something else. Wait, I have else. one more line that Ethan wrote here. You ready? I'm R.A. Let's get started. All right, sweet. <laughs> Let me take my headphones off. I'll go ahead and go. Uh, oh, door open. So, uh, yeah, Disney is moving forward with a uh, Star Wars live action series. Yep. And... Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Favreau, Happy, Happy Hogan himself is directing it, and I, I love the comments of how um, there was. I think the first comments were, you know, it, it's so nice to see that Disney and Lucasfilm are giving work to male or white male uh, filmmakers. You know, it's nice to see. Yeah, I didn't see that as much as I saw the people immediately like, do Kotor, do Kotor. No. <laughs> I hope he does Kotor. He's gonna do Kotor. Kotor, 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 Kotor. Thirteen, thirteen. Kotor, Kotor. I can't listen to any of you. I'm just, I'm done. Just get out of my face. <laughs> but yes, I saw someone else mentioned that they saw the same thing. About yeah. Why isn't it a woman? Why isn't it a person of color? And you get into that argument that's always hard to make of, well, if he's the best person for the job. Right. It doesn't matter. It's not necessarily the best person for the job. But he's but a really good director. He was the best so... person for the job that Lucasfilm wants to do. You have to believe that Lucasfilm hired what they felt was the best person available, willing, and could do that job. Sure. And he, right. may have, he may have been the only person that came to him and said, hey, you know what? I really want to do a Star Wars live-action TV series. Will you let me do that? Or likely maybe one of the few people that they went to and said, would you be willing yeah. to do a live-action TV series? He says yes, another person says yes, and they look at the two of them and say, John Favreau has much more experience. Right. Which would shock us 20 years ago, going, no, he didn't. He did Elf. <laughs> Man, he's the one that does Elf. There's no he's the way. one that everybody just ripped on. Like, why didn't he do Avengers um, after doing the first two Iron Man films? Uh, did he do three? No. No. Shane Black, Shane did, Black, three. Shane yeah. Black did three. I, I knew Shane Black wrote it, but I couldn't remember That's why it was Christmas it. time for no apparent reason. Yeah. Yeah. Had a different feel too. Well, okay. You you mentioned everybody said Kotor because every time anyone mentions anything about anything that's new or anything that might be redone has apparently become the rallying cry of the EU apologists 
the EU fanatics to go just do KOTOR. Yes. Just do it. Just do KOTOR. To the point where Ryan Johnson had to come out and say, I'm not doing KOTOR. Right. But why aren't you doing KOTOR? I'm not doing it because I don't want to. And again, much like everything else, when you want something so bad that's already existed that you love, when they do it, eight you, times out of ten, you're it's gonna hate horrible. It. <laughs> well, the other thing I saw was because Rebels ended. There's there's a couple things that you, uh, Ethan Ethan left off of what, what's going. You know, there there's two well, Rebels was like two weeks ago. Plus, Rebels I we'd probably ended. do something for declassified. I'd love to. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to do something for. Declassified. Is it finished now already? Yes, completely like, done. So it only that, came back for like two episodes. Well, no, it came, it came back for what six episodes, but it was only three weeks because yes. they were doing double episodes. I see. Um. But with the ending of Rebels, and with um, being in this limbo thing now, I've seen people saying now they want a cartoon starring Luke Skywalker with his Jedi Academy trainers being Ezra. Uh, I saw Sabine on there. Part of the problem with Ahsoka, that, though, is and if then they you said read Mara, the course. part that I just read out of Last Jedi, the book, yeah. which if you're a fan of Last Jedi, go get the book. Definitely get the book. Awesome. Um, the the implication when Luke is talking to Ray as he talks a little bit more about the academy is that academy did not last very long. Right. That it was less than a year because he said he spent he spent so much of his time just not just just he basically says oh, okay yeah um, I felt that too he basically felt a disturbance it before. kind of dropped out um, this weird disturbance he basically says that he resisted the idea of training until he got to Ben right Once Ben was an adult. And then he started the academy, and it just. Didn't but the last implications that long. from Bloodline indicate that Luke and Ben had gone off for a while because Luke Ben was with Luke before the news came out that Leia was yes, actually ben, the ben daughter is, of Vader. Ben is already out with Luke. You know, it, it felt like he may have started from, training him one well, on one. He, he gets it, Ben, and they go out. It's almost like what happens in EU, where he finds like one person. I can't remember which one was the first one. And right. then they go out and find Cam Solsar and Coran Horn and the other guys that are attached to the um, that are attached to the academy sure. was Luke with a partner and this might have been Ben and he picks these other people. But anyway, so yes, I saw that because Filoni uh, his tweet is something like "This is the end, but also the beginning." Right, and everyone just assumes he's doing another one, and then another there, there's series, a lot of there's no reason not to, and. Then you had people who were screaming like, "Well, why didn't you let Filoni do the live action?" It's like his his background is not in live action, right? And where people were like, "Oh, I can't believe they didn't give it to Filoni." So they could have gone to Filoni. And Filoni said, "No, I don't want to do live action." Well, his, his and title. That's, I, I hate this 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 caveat that people have this assumption where they're like, "Oh, Lucasfilm just didn't even ask Filoni because he's not doing it." Right. It's very possible that they came to Filoni and said, "Hey, we're going to do a live action TV series. We want to give you first crack." If you want to do it, it's yours. And he says, no, I want to do a cartoon because that's that's the Ballywick I'm in. He may not have as much control if he but did a live see, action he does. not even in charge of creating them anymore. He's overseeing. He's kind of the Lassiter of where Lassiter was in charge of all of Disney animation. Now, but Filoni still is still in charge. He's in charge of all he's the of show Lucas runner. film. Right, but he's the showbrunner for, for right. Rebels. It's his but he, story. he's not directing him and writing him as much as he was. He, he wrote the final, though, didn't he? Didn't he write, like, the final four? I think he did, but that was kind of out of, you know... Well, he wanted to finish it the way yes. he wanted to finish it. And obviously, he started Ahsoka has he a, big, a big portion in it. Spoilers, but... Well, that was the one the last thing four he episodes said. Of it, because Ahsoka's in... Two of the last four episodes. Right. They're definitely ones that he... I don't think he lets anybody else really touch Ahsoka episodes anymore. I don't think so either. But he made a comment about Ahsoka, about her look. 
normally he tells yeah, people the colors and you know what it's made you know the material and, and whatever uh, the pieces of the costume are because people want to cosplay as it where this one he's saying with this look for ahsoka he's not saying anything and because you know he wants to keep this one well he said he doesn't know yet well no he said he said he doesn't People can ask him the, why he, she looks he like doesn't this. Ha, he, he himself said, did not have the specifics as to why. Right. He said he, he doesn't he abstracts. hasn't he hasn't developed the why yes. yet. He has, but they're he all created, abstract. Yeah, he he created a concept in which he kind of knew where all those pieces were, but he says there's no details, there's no concrete details as to why she looks the way, why right. she has the staff, why she has the robe, why she has this, why she has that. Right. And I think it. I think that as much as anything else, whether it's the next series or it's the series after the next series, that Ahsoka Sabine story is coming. See, I think they should do. Um, I, I think they should do a main story, right? Where like a Rebels or a Clone Wars, where you have an ongoing show. But I think they should do almost like Tales from the Holocron, right? Where it would be you do like one shots. Where it'd be like, a, a, you know, you do like a two-day or two-week arc. I'm with you, but they'll never do it. No, because, because then that way you could tell the story of Sabine and... and right, but you also, you don't have that same character connection as true. you have with it. But you I could, think he'll do Ahsoka's story in between. Yeah. Or he'll do Ahsoka's story with Sabine and Ezra, or they'll do both. Because see, cause if you Ahsoka's did... proved so popular, and again, she's in a season of Rebels. When you start right. thinking about it, out of four seasons, she's only in one season. She's in season two. Right. In terms of a character, a main character. So having a series that's going to be three seasons of her is not a bad thing at all. Correct. The danger you run into is what does she do during the actual Civil War? What does she do post A New Hope? It sounds like she doesn't get off the, the, the uh, I keep wanting to call it um, Korriban, but it's not Korriban. Yeah, Korriban the, is the from, kind of planet. Yeah, Moribond. The evil, the evil temple planet. Well, it, because well, the way it that it like says... Sabine is, stays on, she, she stays on... Lothal. Yes. And so that's why I think that story isn't as interesting. The story right. is going to be post, you know, the Sabine's, whatever, you know, the last shot that you see. It's going to be after Endor, basically. Yeah, because she seems to, she stays on Lothal for Ezra to be the protector and, you know, right. say what happens afterwards, which I thought was a mistake. Because that's why I saw I it, I'm like, well, they're not doing the Rebels, the Rebels in, in the Galactic Civil War story. Yeah. They kind of wrapped everything up. But see, that's So why... out of that, out of the stories of all those characters that are left. The only one that I think has any arc that people would really care about is Ahsoka during the Galactic Civil War, during post-Battle of Yavin. Right. When it really ramps up towards the end. And wherever you put her is a dangerous piece because you run into, why didn't she help? Yeah. So where is she? Why can't she? What does she get wrapped up in? Something along those to lines. To me, her look reminds me of Luke from The Last Jedi. It's almost like she went off and did the same thing he did and yeah. realized the Jedi were wrong and they're not supposed to be involved. Boy, that conversation in the book is much longer. Oh, it's so much longer. So I'm not wrong. Because I'm sitting there going, I only saw Last Jedi twice because I only had a chance to go twice. Yeah. And I'm like, am I misremembering the dialogue? Because, man, this is deeper. Yeah, it is. It's so much so, deeper. We'll talk about that later. But. Well, yeah, you and I, we, yeah, definitely. I, there was one thing in the book that we will discuss because it was almost going back to something that was talked about in the pre in the prequels, and I I thought, wow, they really hit that one. But, um, but we'll talk about that in terms of the live action series. Yeah, we don't know when we'll see it. They haven't announced that it's for the app. We're all uh, app. I keep calling it an app, even though it's streaming service. I right. imagine there'd be an app for it. But, you know, yes, but everyone's assuming it's for the streaming service. I can't imagine it's going to go to like Disney ABC XD or, or ABC yeah. or anything, because part of the reason they said. 
it felt like part of the reason that they had said for so long they weren't going to do that is they didn't want to hand any creative control off to anybody else. Because even ABC, as right. an entity within Disney, is still an entity that could ask for something. I could see them putting the first two episodes on oh, ABC. Yeah. and then... It would be on, like, Freeform or something. It would be something, yeah. you know. It would be like what they did with Discovery. But if they decide to do... If they decide to do it as more, you know, in line with the new trilogy of being a little bit harder edged than, you know, a PG-13 type thing, it may not be on ABC. It may yeah. be just something where it's like, the hell with it. You know, we're just going to do it for for whatever sake it is. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, it's it's interesting, though. Where would you, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we're, before we got on the Rebels tangent, uh, I was going to ask you, you know, where would you want a show to be a live action show if i were to do a live action show and i had i had basically the budget that i could ask for i'd do rogue squadron you you would do i would do rogue squadron post um post empire yeah with wedge in charge you know luke basically goes off to do whatever he needs to go do because he's he's kind of in a as you're at a point now we talked about this the other day like what does luke actually do between empire and jedi because he's not just hanging out on tatooine while the galaxy tries to kill itself yeah so but he's got this kind of dual mission of whatever he's doing. He would have turned Rogue Squadron over to Wedge, and they would have had a bigger role in terms of the day-to-day sort of thing. I'd either do that or I'd do kind of what the first Battlefront book was, which is just a rebel unit well, that's in, what I was mired in this, in this war. I'd go back to the Galactic. I think there's still so much to mine between the rebel-empire conflict mm-hmm. because you still don't really have any now official canon – between five and six. Right. All the comics are either pre-four or between four and five. Right. Or post-comic, obviously, is much later. But you don't really have anything other than the Shattered Empire miniseries that says, and that's only what happens in the few days after Endor. Uh, yeah. And so that, to me, is a fascinating point where you have, it as the Battlefront book sets up, after the Battle of Yavin, the Rebels make this huge push into the inner rim, in the mid-rim. Right. And they end up basically getting caught in the Empire's pushback. It's almost a pincher mm-hmm. movement. And they get decimated before Hoth. It's not just Hoth that gets destroyed. They like they almost destroy the entire rebellion in this, this kind of campaign. It's a good time period because you already know that your main characters from that era are off on their own mission. Leia would be the only one. You No, Leia... Well... Yeah, but see, Leia spends. You know, we don't know how Leia ends up with Luke and else. We discussed else. this the other day because they had something. There was some article about how like Luke's plan was so stupid or something like that for for right for that one. And were we, were we discussing it with you or was I at work? No, you were discussing it with me. You yeah, and, I were talking and the thing about where it's like Lando was like the the out, but even right. then, Lando would have been late too. And we said all you have to do for the story is basically say that Han doesn't make it to Tatooine until only a few weeks before Luke gets there. The idea that that. Boba Fett can't deliver him to Jabba because all the other bounty hunters are chasing him. Right. Well, Luke's off on Tatooine building his lightsaber and still going, At some through, point going through his Jedi training. If you, if you kind of follow the way that Marvel Comics did it, it was he was looking for it, but then he's also on all these missions. Right. It's kind of like news would come up of going, oh, Han's in this, you know, Boba Fett's in this system with Han. It was more Lando because they didn't have, Chewie they that didn't were have tracking idea. down. Yeah. Yeah, Lando and Chewie leave, right? And then Luke's still on the thing. But obviously, once he shows up there, it's kind of Lando and and Chewie would have been chasing Han, mm-hmm. and Luke and Leia would have been still doing, you know, being not in charge of the rebellion, but well, Leia would be or part of it, anyway. right? 
you know, I think there's, I think there's a ton of stuff to mire, well, to mine see, there, I, and I think that that time period is ripe for being expanded as well to, yeah. to hold it. And, and the worst thing you could ever do is assign what we think of as a standard year. Like there's two years between Battle of Hoth and Battle of Endor. Like right. they just make it. There's years between. Well, they've kind of they've kind of gone back now and changed. They've kind idea. of there's a little bit more of a gray area there. Yeah. That goes through. See, the good thing about this, and what I thought they should do is kind of what you're saying is you know like a Rogue One type unit that's out doing you know doing secret missions you know because you, you, you could do well, it, if you did it as secret missions like that you could do where it's a it's you could do an episodic show, but you could do it more as a procedural. Yeah, well, you basically have different spots that you can go through. You have a large cast of characters because you have a full squadron. Mm-hmm. You already have a template for it with all the books and comics that have already existed, even though those are post-episode six. Right. But the idea is still there that it's not just, hey, 12, 12 guys who are really good at flying X-Wings. They always put together a team of commandos that, that if you're in the Rebellion and you're flying an X-Wing, that's not the only thing you can do. Right. You can't afford to just be a fighter pilot. You have to. Be. It's kind of funny because the, the the pilots that are in the rebellion, from what you see Poe Dameron be in Last Jedi, which is you're a, you're a great starfighter pilot, but you can't do anything else. You're not a strategist. Like you have no idea what else to do. Right. Where you don't get a lot of wedge, but in everything that they did in the EU with wedge, wedge was everything. Right. You know he was he was an ambassador. He was a diplomat. He was a fighter pilot. He was a, a ground trooper. You know, in the books, there was a star- there was a sniper, there was uh-huh. a, a, a an infiltrator, there was an explosive expert, there was a well, Gamorian they were, they for were, some reason. They were a special ops yeah, team. Yeah, they were a special ops team that happened to have X-Wings. And I think that would be... I'd love to see that, but again, it also depends on your budget, because that's an expensive show, because you got you can't do... <laughs> The one of the the old people networks, Inspire or MeTV or whatever, mm-hmm. has been showing Baba Black Sheep, which is the story of Pappy Boynton and the um, the the Corsair Squadron in World War Two yeah. in the Philippines and and the, the Pacific Theater. They're in the planes for like two minutes of every show, and it's all <laughs> just recycled footage. And you're just watching the show, going, "Yeah, I remember when you're a kid. That's all you're waiting for. Like, yes, they're in the plane. Oh, okay. Well, and it's now like- it's the same thing. You're watching it, going, "They're never in the plane," and you realize they just. There was four flying F4Us at the time, and that's you couldn't get any new footage. You had to rely on all these old newsreel footage. Well, if you remember the Airhawk, they would show the footage, and they would reverse the footage for a different angle, and then they would show it again. You know, Airwolf. Airwolf. Not Airhawk. Yeah. Oh, the worst was was <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, though. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, it'd be cool because you could also, during that time period, you could show you know the Bothans getting the, the plans at, at Solace. You could... You, you you could lead up to the events, but you of can the also fleet. do everything. You don't have to fill in any gaps. You can do all your own stories. I mean, oh, that's yeah. the the fun thing with the Poe Dameron comic is everybody else in it is characters you haven't seen. Do you, you think know, they'll do? In it for a little bit, but do you think they'll do? Um, you know, Galactic Civil War era. Do you think they'll do right after? You know, I think they'll do an Sith era that you've or, already seen. Or do you think they'll fill in the gaps? Between I think you'll see something. I think you'll see something between three and after six you know not necessarily seven right i really think they would do something between three and six that's my guess but who knows i mean he has he can the the possibilities are endless and until we figure it out and and the same thing also now you have three huge projects yes you have ryan johnson's trilogy you have the guys from game of thrones doing a series quote-unquote of films right and you have a live action TV series in addition to them not saying one way or the other whether the Star Wars story films will continue. Right. The saga films. 
Well, no, the, the, the a Star Wars story, the one shots. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. don't we don't know if we're really getting. And, everyone but, assumes there's a Kenobi film, but nobody said anything. And Filoni did that, hint that he's he is in the process of starting another series. There is another cartoon series yeah. coming. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of lead up to get to those series. Too. Yeah. So. Well, those series, you know, usually. But you probably want to even see it for a while too because of their slate. Just... The well, the way a series, the way a card, an animated series works, especially when you're doing the three D, you know, the if 3D... he hasn't started, now, they started Rebels before Clone Wars ended. They just kept it a secret. Yeah, well, you'll you'll start your recording, your voice recording, the year before the the animation. Well, he's got to do, finished. yeah, he's got to yeah. do everything to do design work and yeah whatever and he may not have a story and the good thing about the rebels was he's saying we're working on something he just may it it may just be basically saying we know we're doing a series and he's sitting down and going what do i want to do do i want to do ahsoka now do i want to do ahsoka Mm -hmm. post do i want to do broke squadron do i want to do this do i want to do something you know and there's other forces at work in terms of you know, I Filoni would probably have as much carte blanche as possible. But if he goes, you know what, I want to do a Knights of the Old Republic, and Lucasfilm says, no, yeah. we're just not doing that right now. You know, mm. so it, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of forces at work, forces at work, <laughs> more so <laughs> than people thinking it's just Filoni going, I can do whatever I want. Right. And the same the same idea when I talked about having... well, forces of destiny, you know, those little mini shots were yeah. kind of the, what I'm but talking those about are with so, you. Know, yeah, and, uh, but that's such a it. The the goal of that is very different, right? Than what you would put as a streaming service, a cartoon and live action. Yeah, there just isn't, you know, the, the forces of destiny thing are basically just to get some of those characters out there. Obviously, it's it's, 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 it's based more off of, of a yeah, girl buzz you know, to have the to have the female characters and stuff like that to be able to tell a story, you know, to to use Jin for fifteen minutes. Yeah, and realize we're never going to make another movie with her. Or anything, we're not gonna. They've already had the book. We're not gonna necessarily right knock out that as a film. So that's what Forces of Destiny kind of fills those little pieces. It allows you to use Ahsoka during the Clone Wars again, mm-hmm. and you don't have to build this whole uh, you know bubble around them in right. order to make that excuse. It's the same thing here. You may have Filoni going, "I want to do that Ahsoka story in between." But I don't know if I have enough to do it right now. Yeah, you know, I don't have enough in the head to buy the place flesh it out. There's well, that's a good thing with Rebels, where they only you know they limited themselves on the number of seasons, so that way they didn't run out of stories. And you're, you're, no. you're, there's so much Star Wars out there right now that it's uh, loyalists are starting to have trouble, you know, keeping up an interest in it. I, I think see, as long as well, the, the problem is as long the problem as long as there's quality. Yeah. Then I don't see the complaint. Yeah. When it gets to, like Marvel's been the same way. Marvel's like we're getting three films a year, and they're all decent, if not great. Yes. At the point which we get three films a, week, a year, and two of them are really lackluster, that's where you go. You know what? Stop making three films a year. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And we haven't gotten to that point. And obviously we haven't because Black Panther makes sixty million dollars in its fourth weekend or whatever. So it made sixty million dollars opening weekend in 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 China. Which is unheard of. But yeah. to make sixty million dollars in what? What was last weekend? Or third weekend? Fourth weekend? Third weekend? Third or third? Mm-hmm. Third or fourth? The third weekend. Sixty million didn't in February. I think I looked at it. I was like, that would have been like the fifth biggest opening of two thousand seventeen. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the third weekend. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, speaking of books, the Star Wars Last Jedi book, as you mentioned before, came out this week, which has. 
a lot of extended so much scenes. Better than Force so much better than the Force Awakens book. Even though the Force Awakens book did expand on a lot of what we missed. I'm from just the movie. talking about the way that it's written. The way, oh, oh yeah, the my way God. That... Alan Dean Foster is a legend in sci fi. And yes. I will give him everything he deserves. But that book is one of two Star Wars books that have come out I have not finished. Phasma was the other one. Was the other yeah. One. Yeah. No, that book it, was a slog. And oh, it I, was. I don't even. I don't even think I got, I think I got to Ray meeting Finn in that book and I was like I can't. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you were you, But there was, was also stuff. a lot of other novels that were There was all this stuff that I had to yeah. do. I was behind anyway. Um, but this one it's I couldn't at, wait I could not wait to read this novel. It, I really I really couldn't because I had so many people that you know, they did a great marketing campaign. One of the best things they did is that they didn't release it right after the film. No. They let but Jason the, Fry the leaks write it. came out. Yeah, know. well the Jason and Fry I do, I was do able to with, write it, you know, in parentheses. Yeah, cuz no one can see that. Um, Jason Fry was able to write it after the film was released. Right. And if you go through the visual dictionary and some of the other stuff that's out there, you can see little pieces that are actually in this. And so it feels like this is Ryan Johnson's shooting script. Like he had all these ideas well, that are there. The, the, 14, it's so the 14 deleted scenes are some of what, you know, yeah. I'm reading this and I'm And that's going, why I'm so glad. I'm also glad that it came out before the DVD came out. Cause yes. I, I'm glad I didn't see the scenes. I'd rather, you know, go, and that's why I didn't follow any of the, the, I knew one of the leaks and all the others I skipped through as quickly as possible. Like, I want to be surprised by where the extensions come from. Right. The, and, the only leak I heard of was right in the very beginning. Of, you know, yeah. It ends up being right in the very beginning of the book. But I didn't hear, and the reason who it, it doesn't was. is because the book—it's like the third chapter is where the movie starts, right? Because it gives you, and if you read Cobalt Squadron, which was the, the YA novel with Rose and Page, that you you revisit Cobalt Squadron, and it tells you the the book tells you, the Cobalt Squadron book tells you, and that this book tells you why they're not there for right. Starkiller Base, um, because it's such a, a quickly thrown operation, and they're already mm. doing something else, and so you get these other moments with these characters. And then as you, as you go through it, like, everything is so much bigger. Yes. The one thing I can say about the book over the movie is everybody kept saying that the Ryan Johnson said that to put in the scene of mourning Han would be too, to slow the film down too much. If they would have started that the way it does in the book, and then the Star Destroyers come into the system, which alert you know alerts them during the morning, I think that would have worked really well. I don't. No, because, no, because the, the start of that fi the film is very much a time sensitive film. Yes, and it starts well, it all starts but with immediately danger. Yeah, and it also starts with you, this is the end of Force Awakens, and then this is ostensibly ten minutes later. Right, like, ten minutes of screen time would have been right here, and that's what's in between. And I also think to set the tone of the film early to have that scene there just. It, it it was really incongruous with the rest of the film as the film existed. It works in the book because there's so much more. Yeah. If you put everything else in there, if we go see Rose and Paige where they are, if they give you the, the piece, the very beginning, right. the, the prologue, if they gave you that just to basically throw you the curveball that you were like, wait, what? What the hell am I seeing? Well, it explains uh, something later on that happens with right. the shuttles, it's just but... a, there's just There's a lot of pieces that are in it. And again, it's, I'll tell you it's what, a, a book is different than a film. I mean, sure. that's the thing is, is the the best thing with this, or, or my favorite part of it, is it takes advantage of being a book, right? Because the pacing of a book and the the structure of a book is different than a film, and it's this very reason you're getting into the book, you're getting these extras, and then mm -hmm. it's where they look up and go, 
we need to get out of here because we're about to get blasted right. into a million pieces. Whereas the movie, as, as soon as those credits roll, you're like, I want to be in it. And almost every one of the well, Star Wars films the jumps right into it. Oh, yeah. The only one that doesn't really is Jedi. You know, Jedi is is a very long prologue scene of Vader visiting the 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 the, the Death, Death Star, Star yeah. the second Death Star, to tell Monster Jared you're gonna die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Emperor's on his way. <laughs> Emperor's coming here. Oh, right. No, yeah, it, you're right. It, I, it, the book, though, I I love the fact that it, it you know with obviously I mean we've talked about this with Ready Player One that there, the book is there's so much more that you can do with the book than you can in the film within the time period you have with you know the, the the pacing of the film, things like that. And everything fits. It feels like it's definitely something that Ryan Johnson wrote. Yes. If, if not word for word, but skeleton piece by skeleton piece. The bones that are in it are very much an extension of what Although, he did put. you ever think 40 years ago that that the dice that you see for a very quick second in the Falcon would play such a major role? I never felt like they were the same dice, though. No. Because aren't the dice in A New Hope just regular dice? They're sil- they're regular dice and they're silver. They're silver. I, I didn't think they were gold. That's what I thought. No, they were they were mm-hmm. silver. And they have they had dots on them. They had they? the dots on them, but they because they, they these decided have symbols, to put them right? because it was supposed to be something you don't really see. Yeah. And it just so happens that Chewbacca hits his head and you see him flat. And he loses. He loses. <laughs> Did you see the thing I started with the <laughs> Chewbacca's Owen Wilson? <laughs> yes. I saw that. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, the di- you know, so they decided to give them more of a Star Wars look and feel yeah. to them, and then they turned them into they're the dice that that helped win the. Although Sabak doesn't have device, Sabak doesn't have unless they change the rules of Sabak. Yeah. Or they, well, the thing is, again, when I read not, that, I was like, nothing, oh. nothing in canon has told you that's that's the game that he wins it from. That's true. That everything, is true. Everything is well. I mean, it depends if you take the books, if you take the novelizations as canon. Although you can't because uh, a new the hope special is to- editions. Well, no, a new hope's also wrong because they refer to them as blue. You know, right, Luke, Luke is blue five instead of red five. Yeah, and we all know Blue Squadron didn't make it. Where's Blue Squadron? Oh, all over. Um, we lost all them about an hour ago. They're all all over the place. They're um, all over or what used to be Scarif? Yeah, what used to be Scarif? <laughs> yeah, it's still there. It's just all. It's just got a big crater a, on it. Another desert <laughs> desert planet now. Yeah. Um. So, Toys R Us. Have we seen the last of the individual toy stores? Yes. It's it's a very quick-moving thing where three months ago everyone was convinced that they'd be fine, and now you have rumors abounding that they're they're just going to lock their doors next week. Yeah. They owe so much money. Just reading, like, the backstory of, like, where this whole – situation started from back in like 2005 where some investment company bought them to bring them out of debt but then turned around and put them in like so much debt now because the the investment company that bought them borrowed the money to buy them yeah so they were they they accrued the toys of the debt that was already on tru in exist in addition to the interest they were paying on the debt Right. That were there. They thought they could turn that that thing around back then, and it didn't. And it does it does lean to Amazon didn't help, Walmart.com didn't help, and the changing toy industry mm-hmm. and going to experience based stuff like video games and robot stuff and drones and stuff. You mean a decline of the toy industry? Well, no, but I'm just saying that what what we talk about as a toy industry is now a very electronic industry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And as much as that is, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's what did it. That's not what did it. What did it is that this this group that bought them yes. bought them with fake money. This is I mean, mm-hmm. I read it and I looked and I thought of um uh, 
the McCourts who bought the Dodgers. Right. Who basically bought the Dodgers without any money. Yeah. And all of a sudden were using the Dodgers as their equity in order to borrow money and all intents and purposes steal money. Yes. In order to continue their lifestyle. And then when it was caught, it was like, okay. And the only thing that saved the Dodgers is the other people that bought them had billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Time Which Warner's is, like, we're going to pay $4 billion for the rights to not show you in Southern California, but that's a local thing. I mean, but well, these guys KB definitely... Toys, you know, in the early KB 2000s. Toys were a long time ago. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's there's small books, there's stall toy stores that, that are still out there, but they just don't... You don't have any purchasing power. And the scary thing for all of this is the purchasing power now exists in two companies, and that's Walmart and Target. Yes. And neither of them, especially Walmart, have any interest in carrying toys. No, because Walmart, the profit Walmart margin, doesn't at all. No, well, the profit margin on toys is terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and it's well, also really the, the fact only that, reason that they carry toys is to compete with Toys R Us. The only reason they carry toys is you have to have something there. Yeah. But we've seen Walmart five years ago, six years ago, was the largest seller of toys in North America. Mm-hmm. And well, now they're third. That's why. That's one reason why Hasbro put the three and three quarter Black Series exclusive at Walmart. And now and they, look what happened to that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but they've had they've had to bring back the vintage line to circumvent the contract with Walmart. Yeah. So now that you know, because Walmart wasn't buying the product because to sell. Walmart's problem is Target's problem is all of these guys' problem is that when you do, especially this the boys' toy market, again in quotations, as girls play with action figures too, but those systems are all so antiquated yeah and they require a large workforce in order to make things that are case product of individual characters Mm -hmm. work because corporate only sees what we call umbrella skews right so the black series at toys r us the the you know, six inch Star Wars is an umbrella skew. It's no matter and if you, you look get at number it, you're one like, in the series well, or no, 57. Also, yeah, they're all the you same get, skew. If you're getting 100 cases of eight toys, I got 800 figures. And six months later, I still have 400 figures. Right. I'm not buying the next series. But that's because those 400 figures are uh, uh, Maz and Constable that red Zuvio. Yeah, Constable Zuvio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, I think the only the only figure not from not from the EU that is made with no screen time, <laughs> right? It doesn't exist. You see him for literally like half a second somewhere. I don't know. I don't even think you see him. No, you there do. was a whole. Is you he do. there you somewhere? Do. You okay. see, you, do. you see Kylo or one of the Knights of Ren slice. And no, that's not who he is. Constable Z is on Jakku. Yeah. Yeah, but they used the design. I think because they didn't use it's it on just, Jakku. I, I think it, they just. You used see him like thing. in passing. Like there's no reference to him. No nothing. Which I thought was the stupidest decision. He's in. Um, well, he's in the 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 book that has the tales, of, like the alien tales from uh, Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. There's like four short stories in it. That's Constable Zuvo's story. Yeah, is in that. And so he is a real. He is a character that was supposed to be a part of it. Well, there's never... like you could put Zebo as a character, or, or even um, what's his name? The, uh, Someone that was, what was that? in what was the that? movie. Uh, 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 <laughs> shoot, um, what was? Uh, um, he was overlooking Ray. He had the uh... oh, the fat one. Yeah, Dunkar. Dunkar. Yeah. Plot. Co- plot. Yes, Dunkar plot. Uh, you could have made his figure. Ugh. But still, it would have been somebody that you at least had lines. Well, it's weird to think of too because that wasn't the first set out yeah. of the Force Awakens figures, and you're like, oh, cool, and then it doesn't show up. But you sort of wonder, like, what character in the movie would you have done instead of him? That's what I'm saying, dude. 
But that, but I mean, Uncars is someone like who? What's I can't think of a major character that's in that film that you're like, man, I can't believe they didn't do a figure of that. What about what about one of the characters uh, in Maz's temple? Again, not a major character. I'm thinking like, what's a character you look at? You'd watch that film now and go, how did we get that? The only one I can think of is Snap Wexley because we got the yeah. we got the other the guy with the or the or tusks. Billy or Billy Lord's character, maybe. But Snap was the the big one because again, it's such an easy thing because it's just a it's just a pilot. Yeah. yeah, it's a pilot. Maybe they just can't get Grunberg, Greg Grunberg's face because man, can they not get Oscar Isaac's face? I know Holy Oscar, all his figures, poor his poor figures. Um, <laughs> I can't tell if the one in the jacket, if the new one is, the, if the new one is the digital scan, they still they, they can't not. get his. No, digital, it, yeah. it's not. And that was man, the, they can't get his. That digital was the scan one that right. came out. The new one is the real scan. No, 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 no. The one in, in, God, the, I hope in, not. The, in the jacket. Yeah, that is the not the real scan. That one came out on Force Friday. It, that you had, it came out on Toys R Us and Force Force Friday, but you it, you barely see that one that day. Yeah, I, I have. Think we did. I've seen it plenty oh. of cases. It, it's a repack now. It, but it. it I don't remember seeing it. It's the same. It has the same design look as it's the ones not, that are the. the it's real not scans. a real scan. It's not because I've. You seen You hope it. it's not because it's look, it's not as bad as the bowling ball that's on the top of the. The, the pilot figure. Oh, yeah. The one in the two-pack with his jacket when he's facing off against the, the riot trooper. That's the best that's one they've the best done looking so far. One, yes. I kind of wish I should have gotten a second one of those. No, but I swap that, that head, and then I would have had two riot troopers. The Poe in the, in, the, in the darkish leather jacket, or the darkest jacket, I've picked up several times since September, and I've put it back down because that face is just so atrocious. I don't have that one. Mm. I, don't have, I don't have the original Finn. I don't I have the original picked, Finn. I never picked him up. You can probably still find him somewhere. Yeah. Sure, a couple people still have. Um, so uh, DC new black label uh, comics. So DC's doing a new imprint because uh, they're like, well, All Star didn't work, and Earth One didn't work, so now we're gonna do black label because I, it's funny when I first saw it, and I thought that's just a meeting, and they're going, you know what's hot right now? Black, Black Panther's huge. <laughs> black Mirror people watching on TV. You know, black's huge right now. Let's make it black label. Um, it's a creator. Get out focused. one Oscar somewhere. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's it's something that I know. My boss actually said this years ago at a DC retailer summit that the stuff that's perennial that you think of is not you know volume one of Batman New Fifty Two or volume four. It's either stuff that were in series form like year one that you can put together as its own thing, or it's yeah. something like Long Halloween, which is an extended series. Hush was, you know, it was issues, but it's those kind of the audits. Court of Owls. Court of Owls is something again, is two giant, two big volumes. Or you know, it's the first year of, of New Fifty Two, right? Until they package that as Batman versus the Court of Owls, yeah, and it's its own thing, and it doesn't have those numbers on it. Uh, it's just like Death of the Family, which yeah, is Scott yeah, Snyder's yeah. piece at the end. There's uh, not the end, about the middle of it. That's volume. Five, volume four, volume four, I think, of the uh, Batman series of trade paperbacks for his New Fifty Two series. Right. But they did a standalone called Joker Endgame, which has all the Batman ones and has all the tie-ins and everything like that. I've sold that ten to one for the other one because it's just one piece. If you're not following Batman, I can hand it to somebody and go, "This is this is a great story," or whatever. Death of Family, same thing. This Joker, Death of Family. That's the way you said. Endgame. When it's in the Batman series, nobody buys it because it says Volume Eight on it. But if you do Endgame as its own, you can sell it. 
Yeah. People think one, they have to pick up the other seven. It, to get a yeah, it, part of it's that. It's, it's a hard sell, and I always go back to um, Green Arrow and New 52. Issue 17, Jeff Lemire takes over with Andrew Sorrentino, and they do what ends up being three trade volumes. They completely reinvent the Oliver Queen of the, the New 52. It's listed as four, five, and six, yeah. and it is all but impossible to sell it because people are like, well, we went one through three. No, you don't because they're terrible. Right. They're literally crap. <laughs> They did a beautiful hardcover of that together and was able to sell a few of those as that single piece. But the psychology of people that are coming in that are just looking for one thing. I don't want to buy Quarter Vowels 1 and 2 because I'm going to feel compelled to buy 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Well, it's, it's, I feel, it's I'm not going to buy and, and, be, and I'm not going to buy Endgame because it's Volume Six, right? And, uh, and this is the thing that Marvel has really fallen back behind on is they used to have, you know, Dark Phoenix Saga. You had, you know, the, the the reason that they started doing events was that was the things that sell. Right. You can sell Infinity Gauntlet, Civil War, House of M, Secret Invasion. You can sell those all on their own. To try and sell Bendis's run on Avengers as Volume One, Two, Three, Four. You can't. Even now, as they're repackaging Bendis's stuff as Avengers by Bendis. Right. Even then, that's going to be like five volumes worth of stuff, rather than just having a story that makes sense anywhere from six to twelve issues that you can put together as one trade. What Black Label will do for DC is you have huge creators that are working on these. They're big characters. This is kind of what they did with – this is what they wanted to do with All-Star yeah. all the way back when they did All-Star Batman, and it failed because they never finished it. All-Star Superman is the success out of that. And those are the only two things they ever did in that original All-Star imprint. Out of continuity, tales of your favorite characters by big-name creators. And then they did Earth-1, and we figured out next week is Earth-1 Green Lantern by um, Gabriel Hardman, which looks amazing. That's the ninth Earth One in eight years. They only did one a year when originally they they were talking about doing one a quarter. Yeah, and they did three volumes of Superman. They did two volumes of Batman. They did two volumes of Teen, Teen Titans, which are unfortunately not very good. And they did one Wonder Woman, which was weird. Um, <laughs> it's not bad, but it's not great. It's Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. It's gorgeous, but right I, the story's kind of. Eh. Uh, and then now we're gonna have Green Lantern. This idea is to have multiple creators working at the same time. And doing these series, and as you put, comment, and so it's one of the things late. that well, Dan, you know, the, the the official release is that these will follow a release schedule that works for the story and the creators involved. Which, when you put it through the Universal Translator, is they're going to be really fornicating late. Yeah, and the hope is that they get this stuff that's done, being able to get it out because because the thing with it is, well, would you wait till the whole thing's done and then put it out? Or? That's what you're supposed to do. This is what Marvel was talking about years ago. Is they didn't solicit anything until it was done. Right. And then Civil War came out and they were late and like, well, we're still going to solicit seven. It's just going to be five weeks late because yeah. Steve McNiven can't finish it. The hope is that you're – and they do these things where like it's a six-issue series. The first three are done. So we're there's no way that in the next six months it's going to take us to put this out. They can't finish the last three issues. And sure enough, they're going to finish the last three issues and it's going to be super late. We've seen huge delays with Metal. We've seen uh, um, Doomsday Clock goes to a bi-monthly schedule. And even with – if they do the bi-monthly schedule, if they stick to it, and number four comes out at the end of March, it doesn't end until fall of 2019. <laughs> with the likelihood that it's still not going to hit its right. deadlines, we're talking about 2020. And it's going to be a two and a half years to get 12 issues out. That's which is incredibly and, and long. When you think about – people forget the last issue of Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns number four was super late. Watchmen 12 was super late. 
But it wasn't like the whole series was late. The momentum of these things kills it. Yeah. But a few years later, that's all you're selling. You what know, do you think? Watchmen, I mean, Dark Knight Returns, that type of stuff still continues to sell. So, what do you think is the major cause of them getting them so, doing them so late? Because they're artists. They just, well, uh, I'll get to it. They, they procrastinate on one image. It's it's it's, it's artists. Panel. It's you you don't hold people to deadlines. There's no way that you're going to have John Romina Jr. working on a Wonder Woman title, or Superman title, and he says, "Hey, I'm not going to make my pages. You're fired." No, but that's what I mean. But giving an artist a deadline, no, there you can give an artist. You can't give these artists deadlines. They don't care. Yes. Well, we remember because you're not you're not taking you're you're still paying them. You're not going to dock them pay because they'll never work for you again. No, we if you're telling John Romita Jr. McConica. Yeah. If you if you well he owned that. That's, that's true. If you're telling John Romita Jr. is doing this type of work, and, and I'm using him as an example, but it's the worst one because he's probably going to be the only one that's going to hit his deadline. Um, if he's three weeks late, you're like, oh, we're going to prorate what a month worth is going to be. Yeah. And we're going to dock you three weeks of pay. I'm not working for DC ever again. Right. And he goes and works to Marvel. And Marvel does the same thing. He's like, all right, I'll just put out my own thing. Yeah. I have, I've got more money from Mark Miller doing kick-ass than I'm ever going to have from you guys. So what do I care? And so that's sort of the thing. Who, we're hopeful. I mean, you look at it, there's some intriguing stuff that's there. I'd love to see it. But we'll see. It gives you a chance. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder had uh, alluded to this idea when he left that He'd find the right project for him and Capullo to do. And what it felt like at the time was them saying, we're going to craft our own story. I don't want to be beholden to where Batman is in Justice League or where he is in Detective. I want to do 12 issues. And from the sound of the story, it's, you know, Batman in the future. Yeah. And we're going to do it at our own pace. Greg can do whatever he needs to do. Because, again, Greg had months to do metal. And he's still, five and six are massively late. Yeah. Five was massively late. And so we won't see six until April. That's original release date was the first week of February. Um, so when you mentioned Joker, you made me think of uh, they're saying that Jake, the Jake Gyllenhaal Joker movie because apparently he is now unofficially signed on for this. Uh, I thought it was Joaquin Phoenix. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, Joaquin Phoenix. That's who it was. They're basically interchangeable. No, Joaquin Phoenix is far more crazy. The Joaquin Phoenix one is supposed to be more like the killing joke is what they're going to do as the story. I guess they said the story is him being a failing comedian. Well, that's that's one of the things with the killing joke was that he was a failing comedian. Yeah. A failed comedian. Or a failed comedian. I don't think he's doing stand-up sets in the Joker makeup <laughs> after he's killed like 600 people in Gotham. I see, then he'd be successful. Somehow I believe that's what Joaquin Phoenix is going to end up doing. What, he's going to literally go out and kill people? Or yes. is he going to go do, try to He's going to do a whole lot of method acting. Um, do a whole lot of meth. That Wonder too. Woman Wonder ha- may have found their cheetah. I don't think it's May. She's signed. Is she signed? It's official, yeah. yeah. Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. It's so funny is because when I, I was te- texting Mikey the topics and everything, and I texted him just the way you know you you put him on the uh, the text message, Chris, and he goes, "Wait, who's playing?" He goes, "No." He goes, "Wig is Cheetah." He goes, "Ooh, that could really work well." I'm like, yeah. "That is a good." That well, would you be figure a- Cheetah's going to be all but a CGI character, so really what she's playing is is. Barbara Minerva, yeah, which is kind of a, 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 I don't want to say docile, but she's a nerd, right? You know, she's an archaeologist nerd, 
and she's kind of quirky and she's kind of weird and then she gets this power from this weird ancient god and becomes cheetah yeah and goes nuts and that cheetah character is probably just going to be voiced by her well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you'll have you'll have Kristen Wiig in the beginning of it as her origin, getting the power. So it's the it's the the flip, yeah, right. And then and then she will, yeah, she'll mocap probably the the uh, the cheetah probably. outfit or mm-hmm. you know character. If I'm her, I'm not going to set too much. Like, oh, who am I acting again? Gal Gadot. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look like. Can we make sure? Can, I'm a can you make sure I'm completely mocapped, even yeah. when even when it's just going to be me? <laughs> um, what I mean, what do you think of the casting? I'm fine with it. I think she does a she does a good job in as the actor having the range to do different types of roles. I know most of her stuff is comedy, comedy, but <laughs> I didn't know what comedy was. Comedy. She's, she's a comedy. Russian. She's a Russian spy. Yes. Most of her right. stuff she's is comedy. <laughs> No, it's Russian mother Russia. You don't play cheetah, cheetah plays But you. she did. She's done a couple. Uh, she like, has her turns through. Wasn't she in? Um, wasn't she in Mars or whatever? Matt Damon. Isn't she? The she one? was. Yeah, the Martian. Mar- yeah, Martian. She, the Martian. Yeah, the Martian. Yeah, yeah. And then she did something with Bill Hader that was kind of like a more serious tone, but yeah. had like comedic quips in it. So I, I mean, mean, you, you can't good. Pin, pigeonhole some of these. You look at someone like Chris Hemsworth who was doing sort of drama superhero movies, and they just Ragnarok. It's like he's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even when he did the small little part that he had in Ghostbusters and in uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna in get rid va- of that movie. the Vacation re- remake or reboot, uh, he I mean he was hilarious and his character was hilarious in both of those. Yeah, we saw the Vacation. I didn't even realize. I forgot they did that. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I saw the. I watched it free one night on HBO because I surprise, do. surprise not free. You pay no, for no, HBO. No, no, no. I get HBO free because of my AT and T Directv. So you're paying for AT and T. You're still getting it. It's not. It's not <laughs> free. It's not like someone came and said, "Here, I want to show this." Look, they charge me for for HBO, but then they refund me for HBO in the same month. So. <laughs> It's they have those weird things that they have to do. I can't stand when they look at the bill. Um, that's all contractual stuff. Yeah, that's totally. So basically, that's that's the way the AT and T pay. AT and T is still paying HBO. Right. Mm-hmm. They have to show that they've charged. Yeah, HBO somebody. isn't giving you anything for free. They're it's, HB, Directv slash AT and T is giving the thirteen dollars to HBO, correct. and then they're crediting you their thirteen dollars. Exactly. Yeah, and so they can't just you know include it in the package or whatever. So Black Panther. It is an unstoppable force, isn't it? Unstoppable. Unstoppable. At least it's not a commie for a comedian. Wakanda forever. Um, so Kevin Feige was asked. There might be some commie comedians. So anyway. Yeah, yeah, Casanova. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige was asked if you know Wakanda is going to be a central force in, in, in the upcoming of you know Avengers. Well, we know it's in Avengers: Infinity War, so yeah, he's mm-hmm. like saying it's the, basically the center. Well, I do like the the the, the article. Uh, Black Panther gets a sequel and possible spinoffs. And my reaction to it was, duh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> duh. I was like, um, yeah, the movie only made a billion dollars. We're going to make Black Panther 2, guys. Oh, are you sure? Really going out on a limb for that one. Well, Feige did an interview. If you're going inter- to make a second movie for Ant-Man, you're going to make one for Black Panther. Yeah. Give me a break. Now, Feige did an inter- interview just recently where they asked him, because they were talking about the Disney buy, or the, the Disney Fox deal, and he goes... <laughs> Disney buy. <laughs> well, he goes, he goes, well, you know, he goes, we, we have, you know, now that you have the X-Men and, and Fantastic Four and everything in your in your 
tool, a toy box that you get to play with. Not yet. Are you excited about that? He goes, well, no. Right now, we're focusing on the stuff know, we actually the, do own. You know, Captain, you know, Captain Marvel, and all this. You know, he basically said the slate that they're doing, which is Black Panther two and everything. He goes, until they tell me, okay, these toys are now actually there yeah, again. That then deal, I'll get excited about it, and I'll be able to play. Even get done until 2018. Well, he, but he can't even. But even if he knows something more than somebody else, he doesn't else, because he, they're not done. You still have. I mean, I, I love the fact that all these people are like, "Well, they have them." No, they don't. They right. still have to go before Congress, and where everyone's like, "That's not going to happen." Yes, it is. Right. Minor deals that you don't hear about go before Congress. No. Why are you even showing me that? <laughs> somebody Sebastian. took. Sebastian sent it. Someone took Hulk Hogan's head and put it on Logan's body from the poster from Logan. And just says Hogan. No. Bye. Sorry. Um, you would go see that like six times. I would not. Ethan you would, would. No, you'd go see that. Maybe once. Um, totally go see so that. the other thing that we should really discuss on here that, that's kind of got left off, that, or Ethan left it off, was um, Ready Player One has been there spending $35 million on marketing, TV promotions, social media, uh, they got a big VR setup in uh, um, South by Southwest this weekend, and the buzz is this not... movie is going to fail. Yeah, I'm going to put that out right now. I mean, it's going to be. I I love the book. I, I'm excited. One for of it, the but it's one of the fail. guys who someone else that I know had basically said he feels like this is going to be Scott Pilgrim. It's yes. going to be a super expensive Scott Pilgrim, and it's the type of movie that puts other movies like this in massive danger. Yes. They're talking about this with Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time is a huge production. Big stars, Oprah Winfrey's in it, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And while it, it may have a cultural impact, it's not going to make enough money for these types of companies to go, this is the type of movies we want to make. But for Wrinkle in Time, it's a little bit different. Do you think that... And this is what we've been talking about with the with even with Marvel having like X Men and things like that and releasing all these, you know, because if they have to release three movies normally with their the slate that they have, you get the X Men and everything like that on top of it. Are they going to be starting to step on their, their own toes? Because Black Panther is obviously going to step on the toes of Wrinkle in Time this week. Well, weekend. you look like something like that, and you're probably thinking more along the lines of those two audiences are not going to overlap as much. You don't think so? Wrinkle in Time and with uh, yeah. Black Panther? Yeah. Your, your Wrinkle in Time is aimed at little boys and girls. It's a PG film. And sure. that's the thing is like Oprah Winfrey's in it. That's great. But it's still a lot cultural. Of, a lot of, I mean, a lot of nine-year-olds are not going to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go because Oprah Winfrey's <laughs> I was part of Oprah Winfrey's book club or whatever book of the week club. But, but with Ready Player One... I mean, I've talked to so many people that have, you know, that have no idea. They've never read the book or anything like that. And they look at these trailers. Because that's part of the other problem is that Ready Player One was a very successful book. But it's not as successful as people think it was. No, it's and not. It hasn't. As a matter of fact, the audio book and the paperback are now number one on the bestseller list this week because people are starting trying to figure out what They're trying the movie to figure is. out how the hell that poster where he has a nine-foot-long <laughs> left leg exists. Right. Or right leg or whatever But they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what this movie is going to be about, so they're going out and reading it now. There is a, there's a, a, a radio ad that explains the film. Yes. I mean, it just basically it's the plot of the film. A, a, an eccentric billionaire dies and leaves a quest, you know, a quest to, to save the VR world 
that he created. Right. And these characters have to now go through and keep it away and from there's, the And the, one of the trailers does but that, the, too, but it's But very it barely rare. does it. The right. trailer doesn't do crap. And the other the thing is that, Spielberg's involvement in it is so downplayed to yes. me. The trailer they have in the movie theaters explains that well. The ones that I've seen on TV are very fast and, like, just... Like show you, oh look at all this cool stuff, and, and I think it's like the first trailer that showed you all the, like the Easter eggs with inside. The... Yeah, and I think part of the problem with those trailers is when it shows you all these pieces from other films, mm-hmm. all this nostalgia, all this. You have no idea what the hell this is. You're looking right. at it going, I have an Ecto one and the T Rex from Jurassic Park. What there, is this? There like, was what Chucky. The hell? There was Freddy. Yeah, like, what the hell Halo am I looking guys? at? There, yeah, it's a tough film to market and kind of. In a way, Scott Pilgrim was a tough film to market that way too. You know, you're basically marketing it as, hey, it's a love story, but there's this weird video video game kind of sense mm-hmm. to it, and it's this. And but it Scott takes place Pilgrim in Canada. was acclaimed by the people that knew Scott Pilgrim. Well, Ready Player One's acclaimed by the people who right. love Ready Player One. But even someone like me that came to Ready Player, you know, I just read it, and I read it later. I have a much different reaction to that book because the book to me is is very much. <laughs> almost subconsciously and i don't even think he's realizing it that the whole thing in the book is telling you that everything that's new is garbage and our entire lives are simply made to try and figure out how we can live in the worlds that we were that we enjoyed beforehand i don't know I, I, isn't I that what we are living now that's what i'm talking about of? no no it's a fascinating piece <laughs> it, it, because it's we have this technology where we can do Anything we want. And what do we do? We build worlds based on Star Wars and Dungeons and Dragons and Ghostbusters and, and all these worlds and, and Firefly and, yeah. and all these pieces. It's basically if we get the chance to do this, we're not going to build a world in virtual reality that we actually live in or that we want this utopia we want. We just want to live in Star Wars. Right. We just want to live in Firefly. We just want to go to the the, 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 the firehouse for, for Ghostbusters. We just want a DeLorean. His status within this world – the first time that, you know, it, it very quickly, like, oh, he's down in the dumps and everything, and then he completes one quest, and then he has all this money, and then he's like, oh, I have a DeLorean, and people go crazy. And you're just hey, like, hey. whatever. Um, you want to jump in? <laughs> no problem. Hang on. Keep going. No, he doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, we'll and we're him almost in. done. We'll um, get him in for a little bit. The whole, the, the whole point of the – not the whole point – the book, I think, more so than the plot, the other pieces of it and the way he's writing it, and that was what fascinated me of this idea that the the, the book is very much what we're seeing in that we're not interested in anything new. We're interested in doing whatever we can to live in the world that we saw on TV 10 years ago. Right. Or 20 years ago. So I'm going to hold you, stop you real quick. Mikey is joining us straight from England now. It's, yeah. what, 4 o'clock in the morning there? Nah, it's 3. three? I completely forgot that you guys were starting at 6 instead of 7, like last week. That's no, why no I problem. thought it was 3. My so, question is, is, you're in England. What the hell are you doing calling into the show? I mean, I know it's awesome. 3 in the morning, but you can't find anything else to do? <laughs> well, I was trying to drink and stay up all night, <laughs> but... It just didn't work that way, because so. Uh, so Mikey, we're talking about Ready Player One right now. Are you on the freeway? Uh, like what? Um, no, it's I'm on a street and but not. Wait, where are you in England, by the way? I'm in town. No. Wait a step on me, Mikey. When I was calling, when I was calling, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be in- interrupting. 
the podcast, and uh, I was waiting for uh, Chris to be like, "Oh, sorry, we got our first caller." And I, I mean it. This isn't a this isn't a call-in show. We got a call-in show. <laughs> well, we got our first call. It's an international call. England, what's what's your what's your question, sir? So, Mikey, we're discussing Ready Player One and their marketing for a movie that um, a lot of people probably aren't understanding the marketing for, or the film itself. Didn't I bloody post this on my Facebook page? Have you, as somebody that's in pop culture or into pop culture, you haven't read the book, have you? No, I haven't. I don't plan to either. What do you think about from from what you've seen with the marketing and everything? Do you what do you think of what the film is possibly going to be about? If that's even a question, no. <laughs> I'd probably hope, maybe just like hope for a better future. This just seems like what it is. You take Video all games those good feelings of what you well, uh, you take all those good feelings that you used to feel and uh, put it out there. Deep, deep. Just ride no, that vibe. But the funny thing is, Chris is you know it, when Steven Spielberg was talking about you know Ernest Klein with his book, he says that he feels like Ernest Klein did step into the future and then come back and tell us what it's going to be like with this book, because like Chris just said, you know, we as a as a civilization right now are so obsessed with rebooting and remaking all these old movies and all these old franchises and stuff that we'd rather live in those worlds than we would in creating new ones you know or using our imagination to create new ones that's basically the the plot of this movie you know and you do have an evil corporation well, it's that's not, trying it's, it's to the take surroundings it. of the movie it's not the plot the plot of the well, movie the is simply the yes the we need to beat the corporation to to save this magical utopia to save world. the internet yeah basically. save what we're doing well, if it's anti-corporate corporation, I'm for it. Well, it is. Yeah. In a way, it, it it kind of... It's net neutrality. And well, the the Oasis, in <laughs> a way, it's kind that. of... You remember the episode of, of Futurama, when they put on the virtual glasses and they stepped into the, the internet and they went shopping and everything um, with the goggles on? It's, oh, yeah, it, yeah. It, That's kind of what the Oasis is, but instead of just being limited to shopping and stuff... Are working there now you can create worlds based on you know star wars or you know john hughes movies or you know your own hometown or whatever you want if you had enough money with it or bitcoin you could go around and build whatever you wanted to build yeah uh which you know we're, we're starting to get to that especially the way vr and augmented reality is well you yeah. just see it with with these massive games that are online people that have you know, it, it, it's in the book, and it had already happened before, where you had people that were getting paid to mine, you know, virtual money in right. World of Warcraft and StarCraft and stuff like that, and people who were buying items from oh. people, you know, that, that yeah. I got the super-duper Vorpal Sword of Super Death, and I bought someone it bought it on eBay, and I'm going to go to that person's, wherever he is in the game, and I'm going to hand it to him because he gave me $1,000 in real cash. Right. Which is literally the stupid stupidest thing i've ever heard in my entire which life which really happens i know it really happens and it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard because your status in this fake world is what you're concerned with versus your status in the real world because somehow you think it translates because that sword doesn't follow you when you go to your job and you suck ass at it 
because you're too busy trying to figure out how can I get a thousand dollars to buy a sword from some kid on the other side of the world who got it in a game where he's just running around digging gold out of dirt. Yes, but the 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 uh, the study of this book and movie. The hell was that? <laughs> Well, he is outside of a bar, probably. Apparently. Good yeah. lord. No, I'm just walking the streets, and it was just a belcher. Dude, just walk by the streets. <laughs> they professional belchers in there? Uh, the, 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 Sorry. The, the anthropod... Pod, oh, God, I can't even say it now. What? I don't know what anthropodigy is. The anthro... Anthropro. Anthropological? Yes, thank you. That's what I was trying to get. Study of this film and book compared to what it is with real life now. It would be more... Is, probably going to be more fascinating than the actual movie itself. Like the, book, the, the book was fascinating to me in that sort of regard because again coming to it late and a book that you know it's written fine but it's not written with any great technical proudness right. uh, <laughs> you know when you lots said... of info dumpings and then also just like you know oh my girlfriend broke up with me so I got buff and I was like, "What? When, 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 you, that when you when you said that about the writing, I was like, I thought it wrote it, it felt fine. It's like how I would. It's, not, it's, it's how not, I write. It's, it's my not style. terrible, but it's not great. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a. You know, it's like when you when you read the Star Wars books, and we said, I can tell it to me. Christy Golden has a much different style, right? That I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really her turns of phrase and the way that she she writes that book is much different than someone like Paul Kemp, who I know everybody loves the Dark Plagueis book, but that. Masters of the Sith or whatever, Lords of the Sith yeah. book was not written well at all. Yeah, but Ernest Klein kind of he, he kind of writes somewhere in between a young adult book and a He uh, writes like somebody who this is his first book. Yes, that's very true too. That's he writes like somebody who's this is his first book and it, it didn't you know, it's not like John Grisham writing a book that was this huge phenomenon and it was a well written book enough so for what it was. It definitely to me, I could understand why the book was popular with the people it was popular with. Right. Well aren't Because he, he, those were the people that this is the world that they want and they're desperate for. And it's just there's a lot of self grandizing in it. Yeah. And the type of person that I could see that really goes, God, I love this book. This book is so good. It's a very interesting it's just book. An escapist. Yeah, but that's to me is in in that escapism and in really writing a plot centric book that really has no meat and potatoes under the under that plot centricness right. to me because it is very much I'm the I'm the, the dork I'm the hero corporation bad I save internet and yeah. you know there's a way, but reading it from the writer's point of view of I can totally see this is all fantasy fulfillment. Right. It's 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 1960s comic book. It's a you know, a small scrawny Jewish guy in a Brooklyn apartment going. I want to write a guy who can beat the living crap out of everybody in my town. Well, this is yeah. the overweight the gamer here. that you know. Yeah. Well, you you know that Ernest Mill Ernest Mills, Ernest Klein did a uh, Ernie Klein did a show with uh, Henry Knowles, uh, for Made It Cool. They did a yeah. They, they, no, I, it's. And so these they, are they, these are the superstars of our new world. Right, these type of people, where if you know enough about and, and again through the book, if you know enough about the eighties and nineties, you are now this god among people. Right, because you can do the lines of a John Hughes movie without anything else. Right, you can beat Joust against a computer who who processes faster than you. You can figure out how to build yourself a 
a a a a DeLorean in this virtual world that other plebeians in the world who don't know how to figure out how to get virtual world money to buy a DeLorean from Back to the Future will look at you and go, that guy's awesome because that's what I want. Right. And it means nothing in your reality. And the reality that he writes is just completely everything sucks. So we're here living in the well, 80s. But you, but you can see where our real life right now, if, it's t- if things keep going the way they are from 2018 to 2045 where it is in the film, we could be in that type of future. You're already in it. Who do, who do we love? We love people who can figure out how to riff on Star Wars. Right. We love people who can do... But I'm talking about the energy crisis the, and, you know... All yeah. that stuff is there. Everything, because every every time you ask... Remember in the 60s, they told us that in 1984, we were all going to be dead. Right. Or we were going to be, you know, in jet cars in the middle. What's the Jetsons take place in 1990? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, it's, Big it's, Brother was going to have cameras everywhere. That didn't yeah. happen until 2000 or something. So 2002. This is, this is our generation. That's well, I mean, actually yeah, exactly, just read that in the yeah. National Geographic article where they're talking about Big Brother watching you and this idea of, of they're talking about 1984 in there, in that especially Mikey's in London. London has more security cameras than any place else on the right. world. You can't go anywhere in uh, London without having someone, and there are people sitting in I, rooms I can att- watching you. <laughs> you can attend, I can attend to, that. to that. There is there is CCTV everywhere. Yeah, and, and, and just, they're like, watching when, I, when I'm walking around. I, Go ahead, Mikey. Sorry, go. And walking around, I'm just like, I remember the Doctor Who episode that they're always being watched through those. And I'm like, yes. This is funny. <laughs> um, no, but you're you're right, and you know, and we are in that type of Ready Player One dystopia, as a, if you will. Ready, Ready Player, Player One, one is kind Ready of Ready Player our, One to me as a reflection of what now is and this is what art and this type of thing does is much more fascinating than a plot-centric book yeah i, I mean and, and, and it's it's i don't know how they're doing that ending though that doesn't make any sense but anyway um well there's a lot of the book that, that i don't understand how they're going to be able to do they're gonna to have to rewrite when the was third it act. written uh it's 2012 2012 yeah yeah, oh. yeah oh. it's not that old oh but it's also not that new. It's not a book that you know right. came out a year ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, his uh, his second book, Armada, which is kind of the last Starfighter meets the last uh, Starfighter. <laughs> kind of. I read the back of that. I'm like, this what? is the last Starfighter meets the last Starfighter. <laughs> it's it's yeah. I mean, in a way, it's the last Starfighter. It's meets... not in a way. <laughs> and again, it's it's him doing. It's kind of the the. The, the thing where I talk about the, the reason that we all of our entertainment has to be recycled because anytime you do something that isn't recycled, you're just accused of ripping it off. Right. There it is. Yeah. He didn't do The Last Starfighter. He's like, oh, I'm rewriting Last Starfighter. No, I'm going to do something that sounds a lot like The Last Starfighter, like exactly like it, and everyone's going to accuse me of ripping it off. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of it in there, but then, you know, he does he does a good job of, of saying, okay, well, The Last Starfighter was actually created to prepare us for this moment. You know, and Star Wars was prepared, and all this stuff was prepared for the moment of an alien invasion. And then all these people were like, you know what, at some point we got to sue this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was a twist with it, and I'm not going to say it right now, because it, you know, I think they are actually making it into a film as well. Uh, we'll see. Depending on <laughs> how this does. But no, Ready Player One, it, I, don't think the, I don't think that the movie and Steven Spielberg are going to be able to do it justice for the subtext of the book. Subtext? 
I mean, it's what we're talking about now with the book. Yes, but I don't think Ernest Klein intended any of it. No, I don't think so. I don't think he intended it, but it 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 is a reality with it. The way our our society is yes, going. Yes, but that's not <laughs> the subtext of the book. Trust me, if the subtext of the book is fascinating, but the movie could not care less. The movie's like, how do we get the T Rex from Jurassic Park? The Ecto-1, the DeLorean, and Iron Giant into a film for five minutes because that's all anybody's going to care about. Eh, they'll, they'll put the certain some of the meanings out there. Or I mean, it the is Spielberg. You know, so Spielberg will have to... Yeah. Know, he, he will find a way to fit some of that in there. Um, yeah. you know, And he, he said that he and, and Ernie Klein worked very close together when they were, when they were creating it. So, you know... I, I have a feeling it's it's not going to do well in the box office because people aren't going to understand the film to go see it, or understand the film enough to go see it. No, I agree with Chris in terms of that. They'll, they'll go see it because they want to see just a whole bunch of crap. Oh crap! Cool. <laughs> Everyone's going to do a lot of movies to see a whole bunch of crap. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that seeing Easter eggs in films awesome. is very it's a lucrative business. It's a but do you think it's going to be enough of a lucrative business to no. for a whole film for two hundred? Because no. this movie's oh. this movie's two no. hours and twenty minutes long. That shocked me when you said That's that. A long like, How the hell is that? Yeah. Looked? And there I'm like, okay, maybe they are doing the third act, and maybe they're expanding it because it's very. I'm wondering if they kind of expand some of the things that they just roll over very quickly. I they've in, got to in, in the book. They've you know, got jumps to. with you know, like the, the chapter in between, and there's like. Between chapters was like six months. Well, it looks like they spend more time in the real world too than they do. You know, I mean, they yeah, because they only have so much they can spend on rights. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, that's on that's licensing the... rights. Like, hey, you know yeah. what? We don't have to pay anybody to show RVs that are forty feet tall or right. not forty, you know, forty stories tall. Well, that's the big thing is because yeah. there is a lot of Star Wars. What and a really lot cracks of... me up in that book, though, just this is a total tangent on the side, but I digress. The cover of the, the the original book is him on the stacks, these RV stacks. Well, that, that's based off the movie. No, no, no. The cover in the original book, the original, not not your hardcover. The first cover that's on the soft cover, the book that I the, have. The the is uh, him, paperback. Yeah, yeah, yes, is yes. him on the stacks. Yes, which are in the book for all of six pages. Right, and they're gone. Right. <laughs> you never go back to. Them. And I thought it was hilarious that that's that book, and that's the the they you know change that image the same tone of that image is the movie poster which is horrendous right uh the teaser poster the newer one is much better and then they've done they've done the cool ones where they're they're based off of old movies yeah because that's really all this is and people were getting upset i guess going oh you can't do that to that poster oh yeah they were what, yeah, what the they were getting very of people yeah they very um whatever you do protective. don't go to any of the uh, any of the t-shirt sites i go to because in the last six weeks that first star wars poster has been turned into futurama oh, simpsons yeah. firefly star trek which was my favorite uh, that was great yeah and then um people have become, become very protective over those original posters like the matrix one and all that i was like wait no but again that's what this i mean it, our, our our fascination and ownership of brand fandom to the point where you just you, you can't deal yeah. with the reality of it's just a movie, it's just an entertainment product. They don't care about you. Guess what, Star Wars fans? Disney cannot care less. Cannot care less about you. 
could not care less about you. They're going to make the films that they're going to make. They don't care if you want to scream about Kotar and you want to scream about EU and you want to scream about Marjay and you want to scream about 1313. They're going to do whatever they want to do because no matter how much you scream about it, you still go, I only saw Last Jedi six times because I hated it. Right. I would have seen it 12, like Force Awakens, which I really enjoyed until I realized that I didn't. And I hate so, Rogue One, and I hate the solo movie is going to be so stupid. I don't want to see it. That's going to be dumb. I'm not going to go see it more than six times. Maybe seven. I don't know. It's, but that's the way fandom is now. I mean, yeah, see, it's, and it's crazy. We see that every year at Comic Con too. You know, you you have that. Um, now we're ready for your. The one. internet is a bad place, and it should be shut the down. The original covers for the book were more to look along the lines of an eight-bit, you know, adventure game. But, yeah. I want, to, I want to play adventure again so bad after reading that book again. Okay, Mikey, thank you for joining us all yeah. the way from England. Staying up oh, to join is us. It, uh, is it cold and rainy? Yeah, and... sorry. I figured it was the end, so. No, no, no. Oh, it's, it's the no end, problem. all right. It's the end, all right. It's the end it's our of first, the world as we know it. It's our first uh. international broadcast, live broadcast. <laughs> so we're doing this from dual continents. The one time that Rich was drunk in Mexico. <laughs> I think stars is cold. Is it is it super like cold and rainy and really Englandly out there? Englandy? Uh, it's cold. It the rain died down, so at least I had a good day today. So we had more rain here than uh, we had there because it's been raining here all day. Oh yeah, it's been weird. yeah. It, it, when it's raining like so far that I've had, it hasn't been like heavy rain. It's just been a light rain. That's kind of what we got all. But day. it's rained like throughout the day, so mm-hmm. not bad. So have you had any of the stupid yeah. food that they eat? I, I've had uh, meat pie. No, it's wow, that's Scotland. Uh, it's Scotland. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would if I was in Scotland. But... How was the meat uh, pie? It was good. It was a pie. So, it was meat. Did you have blood yeah. pie yet? What? Did you have blood pie yet? Blood pudding? Yes, well, blood pie, so. I had blood pudding. Or I had blood sausage. And, uh, <laughs> Sounds like a band. Blood sausage? <laughs> Welcome to the stage, yes. blood sausage! <laughs> it should be a band. <clears throat> so is everybody it's there good. just I've white had, and Pakistani, right? Uh, Indian. No. Well, Pakistani's Arab. there too. Arabs, there's a lot oh, of yeah. Arabs out in England. Yeah. There's, in, in Cardiff, there's a larger uh, population of uh, Middle Eastern so, not uh, so much. I want to go to Cardiff and uh, Bath or Bristol, but uh, you guys, you and Beth would like uh, Bath. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really pretty. Everybody's clean there. So, <laughs> everybody's clean. There? What? It's because his name Bath. Oh, stupid! <laughs> Come on, what did you expect from me, Mike? <laughs> Moron. I I did read a. Uh, the Last Jedi, and beside the prologue, there wasn't much. Oh no, uh, I haven't finished it yet. Different. Did you finish the whole thing? Yeah, I read the whole thing. Wow. Well, he has oh, like a, yeah. We were talking about that earlier. No, I thought, I thought there's, a, there's a there's a lot. I thought there was a lot. I mean, not necessarily different. It extends a lot, but it extends a lot. Eh, sure. <laughs> to me, not so much out of the Come movie. On, I mean, there's a little bit. Marsh sucks. Nah, I mean, you know, it, Come on. The only thing that I really couldn't stand is uh, Rose's nickname for her sister. Pepe? I hate that crap. Oh, don't, uh, read, don't read Cobalt's so plugin, then. 
Yeah, don't tell me any of the other extended I parts because I, I, I don't know any of them other than what I've already read, and I still I'm only like halfway through, and I like being yeah. it's enjoyed. Like, oh, this is this is. We're about. I think uh, it sounds like from what you just said earlier on, we're about the same place. I'm just that. Well, I got the Barnes and Noble edition. I was like, I'm just past the pictures. Um, <laughs> Well, there's photos well, of the movie yeah. in the middle and the Barnes and Noble edition. So. Dude, this, the expanded edition doesn't have any. I mean, I don't know what the hell the difference is. Well, I'll talk about it when we get there. The All, right. Big... All right. He's not going to be well, brand we'll new scenes yeah. now. I think it's. I think almost everything is an extension. I think really what he cut was was extensions of stuff he was already shooting. Well, we'll talk about it, and we'll do it in an extension. When we then we'll watch the movie and watch all the extra fourteen scenes, that or deleted scenes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So all right. thank you, Mikey, for well, joining us from England. Sorry about all the traffic. Yeah, it's you know. It's... Find the Belcher again. That was fun. <laughs> I'm like just listening. To it. <laughs> it's the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's the European ambiance that we're getting. Oh, that's an ambiance, all right. <laughs> So check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Twitter at Nerdables Show and on Instagram as Nerdables. So for Chris, Ethan, and Mikey, who is joining us from Nerdables Satellite 1 in England, we'll talk to you next week.